Movement Rio Media presents A Few Good Physios with Dr. Eric Munoz and Dr. Leonidas Scantolides. You can't handle the truth. What is physical therapy? More research. More research. True therapeutic effect. Join us each week as we discuss current trends in medicine, rehabilitation, and strength and conditioning. The answers are out there. All content is a collaboration between On Point Sports Care and Integrated PT Squared. A Few Good Physios is not medical advice and is used for educational purposes only. If you are having pain and or health-related complaints, please seek out a licensed healthcare professional. Thank you for downloading. Enjoy. All right, welcome back. Episode 32 with Garnett Strother. He's uh, part two. <laughs> did, I, did I fuck that up already? No, he, he put some stank on yeah, that. Yeah, Strother. We went, we went up town with that one. <laughs> uh, we're super excited to have Garnett back. He, this is part two with Garnett, and we had a lot of great things to talk about when he was here the first time. And we're going to do, uh, let me turn this up. <laughs> I have all these technical malfunctions. Um, but yeah, welcome back, man. Thank you so much for coming back. This is it's awesome. It's good to be back. Yeah. Um, I, I Thank you guys for inviting me. I really appreciate what you guys do. You have my homeboy back on. You have my man. Um, he's a physical therapist that I, that I work with at a, out of a train station. Uh, he has a very, very... Um, Similar style mm. to to uh, to what I do, and we had Erwin. Uh, um, yes. Oh yes. Uh, yes my yes, my yes. man, yo. Like, good, good on. dude. So yeah. wait, you know Erwin? I didn't know that. Did you? Yeah, know yeah. That? I didn't know that. Oh, no. yeah, Miss Small World. You know, that is Small cool. World. You know, the, the the cool guy trainer slash whatever slash. He know, doesn't want to be a physical pathic. therapist. Yeah. No, no, no. He's because he does because it's 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 hard for us to put ourselves in a box when. There's so many more things that we value. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had conversations pr- ourselves that right. were very, very similar to what we talked about. Yes, yes. Very similar to like to he's on the personal development side. He's on the personal development uh, path as well for what he does and how he heals people. And I have a really deep respect for that. Yes, because mm-hmm. it's it's there's so much garbage I think perceptually out in the internet. Because if you have a following, you can kind of say whatever the fuck you want to say, and people, you know, just kind of listen. You yeah. kind of listen because they're they're all they're all lost, right? But when someone really puts in the work, like like Irwin has, and is constantly discovering things about himself, you get a sense of real uh, connectivity to like to to who he is, mm-hmm. and that's important. It's more than authentic. It's like you can be authentic and not be. Uh, Approachable, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? True, yeah. Like I love David Goggins. I don't know if I want to hang out with David. Yeah, Goggins. Right, right. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny you say Super. that. Yeah, I was thinking about Mr. Goggins and his approach. His approach. But one of the things that stick with me is um, the most important conversation you have mm-hmm. is with yourself. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that kind of rang true with a lot of our conversations. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, definitely on the extreme end of things. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, but that's only his public persona, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe he's a really chill dude after he does his thousand sit-ups <laughs> and thousand sit-ups <laughs> and a hundred-mile run and a hundred-mile run. Uh, I imagine he's pretty relaxed. Oh, I hope so. After that, yeah. <laughs> you know. But Ir- Irwin, you know, after I-, I never met Irwin prior to the podcast. I think Lee has, mm-hmm. but he definitely has that. Um, uh, self-disclosure about his development yes. and and you know during the podcast and I think in, in person is person as well 
that, um, you know, this is my journey. I'm learning as I go. This is what I've found that's helpful. Right. And, um, you know, truly to the core is trying to help people. He is. Um, by his, and also, you know, drawing his line in the sand in terms of what uh, he accepts and doesn't accept, you know, which is right. good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he has some polarizing views about his industry, and we're kind of on the same oh, yeah. path, you know. I've been doing... We've been doing, I think he's been doing it for over like a decade. I'm pretty sure he's been doing it for about the Just same about. amount of time. And you're about the same age. And we're we're from a different generation. We're in that, like, we're in we're that last end of millennials. Yes. Yeah. Right? So we haven't, we didn't grow up seeing our parents destroy their lives. Like, we're going to destroy our lives yeah. right. <laughs> with, with technology. Right. Mm-hmm. This is true. Like, just, yeah. over, just having constant access. So, like, my mom, my, my daughter is going to see me. And be like, yo, this shit is whack. I'm gonna, you know, maybe I don't make as much money, but at least I have my sanity. Yes. And a lot of experts are predicting that that's where society is he- headed towards. Mm-hmm. It's headed towards less money uh, as motivation and more of what we're talking about. Meaning, meaning. more meaning and purpose in pursuit of that. And so I think me and Erwin, uh, Erwin and I are, are a little ahead of the game when it comes to p- applying personal development with. Uh, training in a serious, serious way. Absolutely. And he, um, yeah, I mean, what he's, to someone that's not in his generation or someone that's been in physical therapy for a little while, mm-hmm. it may seem radical. Right. Uh, you know, right. everything from the cost to just like renaming himself. Mm-hmm. Not renaming himself. He's not renaming what he does and not right. being associated with the old kind of model, right. which is uh, crumbling. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that, that a lot of the people that have been in the game for a while will take a look at it and say, wow, this kid, this kid is crazy. And mm-hmm. five years later, not no, so crazy. Not so crazy. <laughs> and that's, you know, and it's, he, he's, you know, we chat about this on the podcast at length, but the new generation of uh, physical therapists and even trainer, mm-hmm. trainers um, are much more eclectic and much more open. They have to be. Right. Much more open-minded, much more, entrep- have more of an entrepreneurial spirit, mm-hmm. understand the hierarchy, whether it's fitness or personal, fitness or physical therapy, that hierarchy, mm-hmm. it's kind of bullshit. It is bullshit. Yeah. I, really don't, I really don't like hierarchies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same here. In, in, in most things, it's yes. funny that we are involved in a hierarchy, a belt system in jujitsu. Yes. However, yes. Uh, hierarchies kind of suck, and no, it's complete bullshit. But there is one. I realize. I realize that as I'm in a gym. That and he and that's how I know Erwin is from the gym that I'm talking about is that the hierarchy within the gym structure is who can lift the heavier weight still and I'm like they still make you guys like what the fuck is you what are you talking about here? Mm-hmm. However, uh, the way someone looks and the way someone uh, behaves warrants uh, respect in a specific criteria, right? Because right. he comes over to jujitsu land. It doesn't matter. That meme, exactly, like uh, uh, from, yeah. the, from a Lord of Rings, like you have no power. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, yeah. Yeah, it's you know crazy. what I'm saying? Like, oh, you got muscles, great. Uh, You're going to have a great time in the ice bath later on tonight. So, but you know, you take me to the squat, squat rack, and I'm not too far away from where these guys are as well. So I, I like to remain curious too, because there is validity in what they do. It's just. Is it part of your criteria? Right. Right? So right. Is, is it is it something that mm. your clients actually need as opposed to a doctrine that you have uh, adopted because it became part of your identity at one point 
And you kind of continued that path because it you, bec- you as you progress, you become like it sucks being a hierarchy when you first get in there. Mm-hmm. But but over time, you get your blue belt. Uh, that's yeah, your boy yeah. Eric. What's really good? Get your blue belt. You get oh. invited to the big boy oh. class. Oh yeah, and that comes with a whole different levels of sharks. Right, right. <laughs> so now it's like now you're dealing. You're not dealing with bankers anymore. You're dealing with like you know some murderers out oh, there yeah. that are just like I'm in it to win it. Right. And, <laughs> and, and today your food. Yeah. <laughs> fresh meat. Your fresh fresh meat. meat, yeah. yeah. So it's all good. But like, at, again, the hierarchy is like, you know, because the white belts, it don't matter what stripe you are. No. It doesn't matter. Not. You're a white belt. You're a white belt with a white belt with a white ass stripe. Get out of my face. No, you know? man. It, I feel like people come at you at a whole different level in the white. I mean, they come at you in the other class, but the mm-hmm. white belt class, I don't know. That was, I mean, for my personal journey, a little more proving of my own self, like, oh, shit, they're watching, the teacher's watching. Whereas right. now it's like, no, nah, no one's really watching. Mm. Right. The person is watching that's it's in front of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, He's right. watching me. Nobody else is. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's definitely a different speed. But the hierarchy, I, I agree. Everybody in that room, whether you're a blue belt, black belt, right. they treat, you know, they, they, they're there to work. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I, I like that mentality. Oh. That's what I came up out of. And... Um, I think that there's you got to acclimate to whatever environment that you're in, hmm. you know. Hmm. Um, like when I got my um, eardrum burst, the hmm. guy that burst my eardrum sparring with Muay Thai is a is a pro fighter, but he had you know he kind of had a, a little time off. It was like right after like maybe a few weeks after like New Year's. It was like middle of like February, and he knew that he burst my ear. He knew something was wrong. Because he overreacted a little bit. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. we would just touch, 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 and all of a sudden, uh, and then check left hook, and then just Oof. pop. And he, was, mm-hmm. he looked at me like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. But then I was like, okay, my hearing is not returning. Usually it's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 and it comes back, but yeah. it just stayed out there. Wow. Dude. So then I uh, went to the hospital, and they were like, yo, your eardrum is like 30% destroyed, and you might need surgery. Oof. Where, uh, where'd you go? Remind me asking. Uh, I went to uh, urgent, urgent care. care. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. What a way. So they can see me. And what, how do they diagnose? I've, this is all news just, to me. They just look in, they just look look in. in your ear and be like, yo. Otoscope. Otoscope. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know the technical <laughs> term from that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, man. It was like <laughs> your perception of, of what's happening sometimes isn't what's really happening. So you really have to dial into the environment and. Uh, how the person in front of you is responding to stimulus. Mm. Not your interpretation of it. Like, what's really going on? How, what's their breathing like? Uh, what's their movement like? What's their attitude like? You know, I usually, before sparring, I usually talk to everybody to mm. see where their head is at. How mm. you feeling? Yeah, so smart. <laughs> How you feeling today? Little screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like, what's up today? Uh, I'm just tired. That means his movements are not going to be sharp. Mm-hmm. That means he's going to work extra hard, usually. Um, and the, and it's going to be, you know, what it is. That's how I know that the guy, I can put that under the right context when I got my ear burst because I could have interpreted that as this guy being an asshole. What the fuck, right? No, yeah. But I was like, okay, this guy, under the context that this is his first time sparring back in a f- few weeks, this guy never, he's, he just opened up a gym. He just told me he's been busy with other things. Mm. You know, he's and not there. so he's he was he was trying his best to be present, but it was his first time back. So am I gonna be mad at the guy? No, like it's shit like that happens. But at the same time, uh, 
you just got to be mindful of what you're dealing with. This guy is, he does have over like 100 fights, and, you know, this is how he acclimates. How he acclimates ain't the same way you acclimate. No, definitely so, not. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Um, what have you guys been working on? Well, we're here. <laughs> we're here growing my practice. Um, you know, I took on, recently took on a, a full-time space where I was renting part-time space, so that's a big big jump awesome man. congratulations um, thank you thank you it's been it's been a cool ride you know i mean a little apprehension to before getting in, involved in it mm-hmm. but i slept on it mm-hmm. and all the signs were like you need to make this move you know it's uh it's a win-win right as you know i, I got my blue belt so i was putting in some work you were putting in work heavy man <laughs> i mm-hmm. was you know i was putting in three four days and yeah, grinding out you know it's you know it's the most challenging thing, thing i've done in my life is definitely jiu-jitsu yeah. um physically emotionally and it, it really has um shown me how to kind of just let go a little i mean i'm mm-hmm. a tense high energy kind of guy and in, in that situation it didn't work out so well so i had to work on my breathing thanks to you thanks to you uh, thank and you, thanks man. to every that you know text meant the world to me yeah i mean no it was yeah, it was so real much, you know man. i reached out to him that you know he was one of the instrumental characters that you know put me through a fire in a good way and just kept on, kept on, kept on. And now you go against certain individuals that don't have the same clarity that you have. And it's like, oh, oh man, that's easier. <laughs> that's a little easier. But um, between jujitsu, business, and most importantly, watching my little man grow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My little man is, is thriving. So that's like what I'm... a year and a half now, right? Uh, he's two. He's two? Wow. In three months. Okay. So the little man, yeah, I mean, he's, every day is a journey. Every yeah. day is uh as a new day with them, but thankfully, all is well. Sweet, man. That sounds mm-hmm. great. What's going on with you, bro? Yeah, uh, same thing. I'm uh, <laughs> building my practice. Not exactly. And... <laughs> <laughs> Lee and I are twins. We're not twins, yeah. <laughs> What's going on, baby? I have, um, let's see, I, I, I don't know if you know, I have a practice, and then I work part-time mm. at uh, another clinic, so I'm still doing that. Definitely growing with practice. I'm, I'm with my fiance in the practice. She's an acupuncturist. Oh wow, taxi. So yeah, so we're we're working with that. We're nice. definitely growing. We had it. We got past our first year. We were super happy with that, and we survived tax season, which oh. is good. Oh. <laughs> Santa Maria. It was it was a close crazy. one. Jesus Christo. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was it's bad. All, all yeah, good. that's a rough one. If I, yeah. I mean, I have someone looking at my books and shit now, but. Um, it makes my life a lot easier. Audrey is yes. a saint. Oh, nice. I'm never letting Audrey go. Audrey, I, I love you. I'm a, I, <laughs> I, like every every podcast, I confess my love to Audrey. Um, she's just phenomenal. She gets. She's very responsive. Uh, right. I've, just, I've dealt with. Yeah, I've dealt with her to de- you know get you on the show and very efficient. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She knows what time it is. You know. She's got. She's at practice and she's you know uh, just a phenomenal person. She's also a mom too. You know, uh, so she's she knows what time it is. She's a very caring person, in general, uh, overall. You know, but uh, I'm glad to hear everybody's doing well. Yeah. yeah. What is what's the deal with you? I mean, aside from the eardrum <laughs> bursting, was, <laughs> that's a, not a footnote. Yeah. Uh, it was a uh, so uh, for me. I'm giving looking to give back to children. I want to work with my homeboy, Professor Ed. Hmm. Uh, he has his wife ha- own, has a school in bed, and uh, I think it was a. Uh, not best eye. Not no nearly is is a little uh, it's a little gentrified gentrified little little gentrified area. Mm-hmm. Where is it? Is in uh, Park Slope? No, not that quite that gentrified. Carroll Gardens. It was in um. Can't be Williamsburg. No, no. no, no. 
Is it in Brooklyn? This is Brooklyn, but it's a uh, it's located out there in Brooklyn somewhere, and and it's it's special. She specifies in um, working with kids that were like me that had issues, you know, you know that were like it's either the streets or I don't know what, you know. And I wanted to teach martial arts to those kids this summer. So That's awesome. Cool. I'm looking is it Greenpoint? No, no, uh, it's around, but it starts with a B. Hmm. Not Bensonhurst. Bushwick. 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 Okay. The semi, like weird. you just said, a little gentrified. Little People are a little. It's, it's popping, little, but it's not like safe. It's right on the side. Yeah. Right, right, right. It's right, not right, like right, right. the lights go out, things change. Yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> why is this? Why is this block this completely not lit? Like, why is? This, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on over here, bro? So, uh, it's out there, and it's specifically like. I want to work with uh, kids that will like me, so I can't wait to do that. My daughter's taking the SATs tomorrow. Whoa. Hmm. Um, That's awesome. And uh, she's, like, been... You have, like, an app on your phone now. You can just, like, prep for that with the app. Oh, wow. Jeez. I had to take the... Study. Has she, classes. The, does she take any class review? Well, I'm sure. We'll see how she does. This is the test run. This is the full actual one, but she'll... She'll get We'll see how shot. she does. Hopefully her mom's genetics kind of, like, kick in. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Her mom was a beast. Her mom got to 98 percentile on her SATs. Oh, my wow. God. When she took them. Yeah, like, no big deal. Like, didn't study. Oh, I hate it, awesome. Yeah, like, what yeah. the hell, bro? Anyway, <laughs> hopefully that part, it'll just, like, I don't know, some embedded uh, DNA will emerge under pressure. <laughs> it'll just, just snap right into it. But mm-hmm. she's fine on her own, though. I'm not even worried about the the, the, the writing part. She's right. been reading and writing on a collegiate level since she sixth grade, probably. Wow. Uh-huh. She's she's a beast. She has no idea how powerful she is. I try to tell her, but she's like, nah, dad, I don't know. She's like, now she's starting to kind of believe it a little bit, and I'm like, oh, shit. Well, that's what it takes, man. Yeah. I don't think well, none of us really. I just go back back to Goggins' um, mm-hmm. 40% principle mm-hmm. that we operate at 40%. I don't know how true, but I, I, I could see it play out. I think he's like, yeah, I can see that. I think he's playing, placating some more of a population of people that are a little more sedentary than we are. Exactly. You know, yeah. I think we're on the upper end. Yes, because you would. Yeah. If that was the case, we wouldn't be needing to have this conversation. Correct. You know, like this is pushing the envelope in the direction that we want to move in, not maintaining the status quo. We have no mm. interest in this. Not at all. No mm-hmm. interest in maintaining the status quo. I'm constantly pushing the limits of myself and my clients of what we're capable of doing and accomplishing. Because you got like eighty percent of a century, and then your body is crap. And then what else are you gonna do? You know, your mind starts going, and that's it. And you know, I'm, I think I'm more. I think we're all more focused on, on how to have better quality of life and pushing the boundaries for us and the next generation. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's you just said. Next generation being my son. Right. I mean, I, my wife and I had this little talk the other day. It's like break whatever cycles did exist in her. You know, her family, my family, let it die with us. You right. know, what mm. I mean, and trying to. I mean, as you know, having a daughter, everything mm. is. Everything is just fixated on them in a good way, you know. It's just that right. my um, the purpose that we talk about right. is like I got to give this kid the best life and just show him the way, you know. That's I mean, it. How, whatever that means, I, right. I'm still figuring that out. But that's the thing, right? Like we don't really like. <laughs> I don't know what it means, you know. I don't know completely, but right. I know I, I'm working towards it. <laughs> yeah, man. They reflect everything. They reflect everything. You got to okay, really man. do some self fucking work. Oh yeah. You really got to mm-hmm. work on yourself if you're a parent cuz if you're paying attention the negative things all the things that you have been neglecting about yourself right. come up in your kid 
everything. Yes. The positive things too. All right. But you're not in charge of what they absorb. No. <laughs> so you gotta really work on your shit. You gotta yeah. really work on yourself and be in a place where you can't really have an ego about how you, um, how well you're doing right at the moment because you're doing the best you can if you're not observing yourself from that place. So that's what I'm working with my clients on doing now is to do that without them knowing about it, of course. Right, right. Does you, you have wink, a... wink. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they don't know that I'm doing. You have it a too. secret, secret research going on on every client. I, I remember a... that last one. Right, <laughs> right, right. I had a, man, they don't, they don't listen to. Uh. <laughs> no, I had a. I had a meeting today with a client who just came back from vacation to find herself. Mm. I had to go find myself. <laughs> she had to eat, pray, love it real quick, you know, and then come back. Uh, and then uh, she comes back, and there she is again. So uh, did she like, didn't find it? She found so, She found a lot of things. So. Mm. I don't think her criteria leaving was not the same upon her return, which was the, the, the goal. Mm. However, it's about uh, really changing uh, your habits and being aware of your behavior of your behaviors and that takes some work you're not going to just go somewhere and relocate every time you need to reset something mm. that's not really a realistic thing way of doing things you know mm-hmm. and i hope the goal is to help her find that the goal is to help all my clients and myself find that within ourselves those inner resources which is the theme from my week on instagram is finding those inner resources all the time whenever you need them because every single developmental challenge that you've ever faced in your life mm. you had the resources within you the whole time right that's what all these movies and you know right, right, television right. is all about it's trying to remind you it sounds mm. corny but it's not really because it we forget how dope we are another goggenism yeah you forget how fucking hard we are as he would say right mm-hmm. right? Yeah, right we just like oh i'm going through this issue and then goggins has a great way of becoming meta about himself and observing himself because when you have a strong internal frame of reference it's hard to get out of your own head correct like you said when you were in the bjj room and you were in the white belt room and it was like oh no one's watching this guy's watching yeah yeah yeah. that was the motivation to like okay i gotta work yeah now when no one's watching you who are you really right who are what kind of work ethic do i really have when i'm the only uh source of 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 of, uh, of anything of motivation, right. so I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that I think uh, understanding that about yourself is the most powerful thing you can do, and that's what I really want to teach. You know, she came back and she wanted me to like you know be her babysitter, basically like hold her accountable by having to see me every day. Got it. Yeah, but that's that. not a real useful tool, is it? No, because when you're not around, she's she's just gonna go right. back to her. Old, she's gonna find a reason. Yeah, she's I, gonna I mean, find a reason to go back to her old habits because why not? Because then I become an outside resource, and that's not how you promote and create change in yourself. You have to find internal resources because hmm. then they're always with you. If I had to borrow money every time I needed something, I'd always be in debt. Right. But if I found a way to generate money, then I'd always have resources. And you got to think of what you give and what you take from yourself and how you contribute to things, you know, and to people as a debt, as a debt to yourself and hold, to hold yourself accountable, you know. So I think that, you know, that's the best way of going about things because that's true empowerment, you know. 
How do you, when you talk about resetting, I know Lee and I chat about like, I mean, how how jujitsu is a big reset, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, working out, reset, running to some mm-hmm. reset, meditation reset. Right. Um, how do you convey this to someone that's not well versed in? You know, I think we're all in this room uh, are attempting to master right. ourselves, right? Right. But how do we convey that to someone that we well, they might think they have themselves wrapped up, you know, as you, most, you know, a lot of our clients. Oh, yeah. How do you convey that reset? Um, how do you switch it and say, hey, yeah, I'm curious to see some of your methods and okay. getting that out of people? Well, I did it with you guys just now. Right, yeah. So I think that being curious about their framework. If I was teaching it to someone, uh, I'd first have to understand where they're at. So with my client, what I did was I spoke to her and asked her how her trip was. She told me her criteria of highlights. She used a method to describe it called uh, activity. She just, oh, we went there, then we went this, and we did that, then we did this, and we did that. Everyone describes their reality differently. Hers criteria is movement. Activity, right. Even as she's describing it, she's thinking about when are we going to start this session because I want to get moving because I equate that with progress. Even Mm. though I have to have this conversation so I can determine what she values so I can Mm. give it to her. I can't know what to give you if we don't have a conversation about it first. Right. Right? So talking about it is very low on her criteria even though it's completely necessary. So uh, that's how you begin. Then you have to establish rapport with the person in order to be able to influence them to do what they need to do. Mm. So I, I, the way I establish rapport is, uh, well, there's no set you know, yeah, pro- right, process, right, right. really. Um, uh, it depends on the person. But what I do is I listen. I listen intently to what they have to say about themselves. They have to say, usually they describe their reality in uh, uh, many different ways. We talked a little bit about like uh, VKA, uh, mm. visual, yes. uh, kinesthetic, and uh, auditory. Yes. Right, last time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm in the master program right now. Right. And it's the way we got we got a lot to talk about, bro. So mm. um, the, the, the levels in which people communicate go deeper than what they experience. Right. So she, as she describes her experience, I'm getting to know what her value system is. Once you understand someone's value system, then you can give them what they want. So I would listen for that. And then the NLP training and the hypnosis training and the stuff like that I've been, I've been doing helps me identify those things a lot better. And that's what gives me rapport with people because I can really truly listen to what they're saying yeah. and, and then convey that to them and then give them what they want. So if you're trying to motivate someone, you first have to see things their way. How is their reality shaped? Right. You know, we go into conversations and we're like, oh, well, um, you know, this person's going to do this, 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 and this, usually. Right. She came into conversations that he's going to try me to try to make me lose weight. He's going to try and make me... <laughs> Never mentioned weight to her. Right. She right. mentioned it because she was anticipating me, right, you know, right, right, do, right. doing it. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay. But every time she brought up the weight, she kind of glanced over it because she didn't have a positive association to it. So right. me, naturally, I'm trying to move her in that direction so I can right. make him, like, undress some things, but she just completely resisted me the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, well, I just want to point out that you brought up this issue, and I'm just saying that I hear you, and when you're ready to revisit that issue, we can we can take it on together. And if you're saying that this particular way to motivate you works best, then we'll work on that. Thank right. you for telling me that. Right. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge them. You got to acknowledge the people that you're talking to, it, it specifically in the way that they're communicating. 
otherwise they feel like they you have they haven't been heard you know mm-hmm. this this we see play out in our you know both in fitness and in physical therapy or sure. rehab we want to call it where you have a clinician or a, a fitness instructor trainer whatever you want to label it but it's so wrapped up in their own stuff that mm-hmm. they they're not even present in the conversation no. and no you know yeah. and I mean you see it probably on a daily basis where Definitely. I mean we we were lucky enough to have a couple of great mentors and um mm-hmm. we were all about listen before you speak and you know you should they, they should be speaking more than you you shouldn't be telling right. them what's going on that's right and um, 80, 20 you, on that one yeah for sure. and usually people tell you what they need you know very clearly right. um sometimes they don't know what they need but they you tease it out if you're um mm-hmm. well versed in, in in developing rapport that's right uh but that's wow. a huge i mean that's a huge skill i think now in the physical therapy world that they're just starting to focus on with new grads which mm-hmm. is crazy is this interviewing skill right. to actually extract information before like what we learned in school was like there was a checklist that we needed to go through <laughs> and we had to Does get to the sharp? end of the checklist is it radiating and so we had to like mm. you know like, <laughs> is there night pain yeah right do you are you taking any medications okay. right any past any health conditions uh. oh. yeah so it's <laughs> right. it's real checklist it is and i i got a lot of criticism when I was in the hospital because mm. I would let the people talk and my right. instructor was like why don't you interrupt them because we only have this amount of time I'm just like because they're telling me what's going on right <laughs> and that was like a huge back and forth but I was I, I we know we came from a training background before mm-hmm. PT school and so I understood a little bit not scientifically mm-hmm. but more like I, th- we get more success when I like, allow to have a conversation and that's then right. actually find out what's going on but yeah I feel like that's such a huge thing now and it mm-hmm. should be way more emphasized i think that uh it's 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 a huge thing because that's what we're looking for mm. it, yes right? we're dialed in we're, we're like, looking oh, we're, we're teasing <laughs> out all the right, right. we're, we're yeah. taking the cherry off the top and like eating that first you know yeah and that that's kind of how brains work yes. mm. how can we get that to through through our clients you it's you have to know techniques that do that you have to study communication Mm-hmm. You have to study how the brain works to develop that criteria. You first of all, you have to have that criteria in your yourself. You're looking for how to connect with your clients. It's very specific, mm-hmm. right? You yes. eva- if you value that over everything else, then you're able to have access to their performance and influence their performance in a profound way. Mm-hmm. That's the only way, because not a lot of people are gonna just come in the gate and trust you. No. you, you know. Not in this town. Not in this town. I think I'm speaking from the New York perspective mostly. Yeah, for sure. You know, because it's the hardest place to really influence people. Other places, personal training and physical therapists, maybe not so much. People probably go there. Right. Right. Depending on how wealthy you are. But in LA and and, and Miami, people go to them. Yes. The rich people are so out of touch. They have everyone kind of come to them. Correct. Mm. And it's really hard to build rapport and to change and shift someone's perspective in their own home Yes. when they have all these associations to everything around you. Everything, let's get a little, let's chunk down, shall we? Let's chunk down to association. Now, someone that's trying to commit to stop smoking, right? They have a very specific association to that behavior. Association is how we uh, introduce meaning to everything. All of our experiences. If I came over there and I slapped you on the shoulder, 
you'd either interpret that as, oh, he's just being playful and fun, or like, yo, what the fuck? Depending on context, <laughs> right, right, right. right? right. But it's about the association, the experience, the the reality of it is a completely different situation, completely different mm-hmm. criteria. But right. the interpretation and the association of that interpretation is everything. So, to in order to change the behavior, you gotta change the association. Mm-hmm. There's techniques where people, you know, you ever heard that, you know, like your mom, you know, wash your mouth out with soap when you start mm-hmm. cursing. Right. Now you associate that soap. With cursing. That's mm-hmm. why that shit works. <laughs> Mom was right. smack. Yeah, yeah. Or smack. <laughs> right, right. Oh, you want to you pop? Now, <laughs> cursing equals smacking. <laughs> uh, not going to do that. Not no going to do that shit. So, like other like behavioral psychologists, Tony Robbins and people like that, they, they would have a guy, oh, you like smoking cigarettes? Oh, yeah, here's a whole pack. No, you're going to stay here until you smoke the whole pack in front of me. Mm-hmm. Smoke oh faster. Smoke faster. Smoke, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So now you associate that. But the problem is, not the problem, but the reality, most times they go back to smoking. It's mm. temporary. It's a temporary thing because their association hasn't changed permanently. You ever know a guy who quit smoking for five years and then just goes right back right Right? we all know that guy Um, many of them yeah (laughs) because they read some research where smoking's not so bad yeah some like my uncle's 80 and he smokes every day (laughs) George Burns lived like 92 oh my god the most extreme example possible to support their reality but yeah here we here we are like that's their association to that but Mm. let's dig a little deeper into the behavior where's that behavior coming from some people smoke cigarettes because they're rebel. You can't fucking tell me what to do. I'm fucking mm-hmm. smoking a cigarette. You know, fuck rebel. you. Rebel. Every puff is like, fuck you. Yeah, I'm living my life. This is what I live. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. And other people associated with. I know so many of those people. I know you're a couple of my boys. So. Oh, you don't like, oh, you don't like cigarettes? Of course. What the fuck happened to this town? They just smoke everywhere. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know a lot you know? of those guys. Yeah, like, tough guys, right? They, yep. they, yeah, they can't tell me what to do. Right, right, right. This thing will kill you. This thing, stop doing this. I don't know why you're buying this. On the package. Right, right, right. Right? Uh, and then other people smoke to belong. Mm-hmm. My uncle was smoking, and I wanted to hang out with him. My dad smoked, so I wanted to hang out with him. So we started, you know, let me get one of those. And then now I'm a smoker. All my friends are smokers. It's a communal thing, even if it's just weed. If it's not cigarettes, weed is a communal thing. If you're smoking yeah. weed by yourself... That's a whole other conversation, uh, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're smoking weed because it's it brings people together, you're relaxed, they're relaxed, right. you know. You talk about your real issues. Mm-hmm. Same thing with drinking. Same thing with all the things that the behavior is looking for a positive, uh, a, a positive outcome, mm-hmm. even though it's not the best behavior. Right. The only way to change that behavior is if you put a negative uh, uh, meaning and association to it. So if you want your clients to uh, have a certain mentality about training, you need to do what I call a push and pull, where you're associating the training to something positive, and it's not torture. Well, he's going to torture me for an hour, and they they joke like that. (laughs) You know, he's going to beat me up for an hour, whatever association. and transform and I have a client who lost 70 pounds still you know till like three weeks ago thought that training was a torture you know mm-hmm. and then I just started playing with her all the time like how healthy are you gonna be oh are you feeling so, are you feel healthy right now <laughs> you feeling healthy she's like oh my god I'm so healthy, I'm so healthy. <laughs> and then she it was it was so great to see her like 
playfully changed the association to everything. Mm-hmm. Didn't complain once. Hasn't complained for the last three weeks. And we're going to keep that dialogue going. Wolf uh, willingly sends me her food now because now she associates instead of like, oh, i got to text my drill sergeant my food. She sends it to me no problem because she associates every time she sends the food with a step closer to where she wants to be. And mm-hmm. every time she doesn't do that is a step further away. So instead of twisting, you know, I just twisted that dial a little bit. Like, yeah, you can be rebellious. Be rebellious against killing yourself. Yeah, man. Be rebellious against uh, following a doctrine that's hurting you and the community of people that you uh, live with. You know, like, you can still be a rebel. Like, I'm still a martial artist that wants to give back. I just don't like hierarchies to do it. And I'm not going to disrespect a hierarchy to boost my own shit because I know that that's negativity and nobody needs that, you know? So, personally... Uh, the best way to, to influence yourself is to change. That's a little bit more difficult to change yeah. your own associations, but to change someone else's associations to things, you just have to, you know, you have to shift the way they think about things. In order to shift the way someone thinks about things, guys, you have to understand them and listen. Mm. Listeners, Q in. That's going to be a highlight of this podcast. Right there. No, <laughs> yeah. serious. Serious, man. You got to know how to listen. What are you listening for? You're listening for key key things. How does your client describe their reality? You know, it's the same criteria of like, uh, what kind of pain do you have? Is it sharp? Is it dull? Sharp and dull are just one dimension of how to describe things. Small dimension. You know? (laughs) Yeah, like, how do I, like, what the fuck is a dull? How do I even quantify a dull... Mm. Achy. Achy. Mm. Achy? I don't know. Like, what the, I don't even, these people don't even live in their bodies half the time. Their brain's yeah. on the stick. They're just like going through life. I type, type, type. And then I go home. And then I wake up. And then I go to work. I type, type, type. It's fucking Thursday. Time to get drunk. I'll be freestyling all night, yo. Where are my cigarettes? Where are my, Where cigarettes? my cigarettes? I don't want to feel my pain. Uh, uh. With you, with you, you're, you're hitting on such a great point. I mean, as with this association, mm. is um, the latest and greatest in pain science. Disassociation? Uh, no, association. Association. And how, you know, my approach yeah, right, and Lee's yeah. approach and many others' approaches that, you know, that, are taking on to neuroscience and pain mm-hmm. science is when someone comes in and talks to me about their quote back pain mm-hmm. there's always a, a follow-up question on you know so what does this mean to you I'm like, what, what do you my back hurts Fuck, right, what like, do you mean uh, it means to me i'm like well, right, absurd. Right. like what what is this preventing you from doing it's like well mm-hmm. i can't pick up my son right and i was like oh what well what led you to come here mm-hmm. well you know the other day it's just i try to pick up my 20 pound son I couldn't really do it so I mean really the, the association of what this back pain back pain means that I'm not going to be able to care for my son not right. that I can't bend forward and twist or right. have a dull achy pain but this is something that um, is powerful in creating change and perceptual change Right. right. perceptual you know, you know we could mobilize and you could make someone do a squat and lunge and, right. but without a perceptual shift I don't think we get anywhere because then the same pattern that's right it'll continue. repeat itself because there's no association to what it really means. Right. The meaning, the meaning of your back aching should mean it's keeping me away from my son. 
It's keeping me away that's from my son. That's a motivating it's thing. It's keeping me away from my son? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's well, where you want it to be. That, what do yeah. I need to do? What do I, I need, what, what do I got to do? Right. I got to do this every day? Done. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if people people don't think of it that way because we'll endure pain for as long as we can. Yes. We'll endure pain to avoid the real issues. Uh, for a long, I was working with this guy last week on NLP. I'm doing a lot more just straight neuro-linguistic programming stuff, um, which is a combination of hypnotherapy and behavioral psychology. Um, and he's a boxing instructor. He's holding pads for 10 hours a day. Mm-hmm. 10 hours a day. you know. And he's looking to do what all trainers who are tired of holding pads doing, transfer to online. Because mm-hmm. online, right, right. I don't got to hold pads no more. Right, right. I'm getting out there. Right? Like we all want to be like that online guy who just sits back and just collects, just collecting my check. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, I did all the work, but... Little do they know. Oh, it is double the work. It's double the work and an expertise you have no fucking clue how to work. Yes. You got to adopt. And then how do you keep yourself in shape? You work. You got to find balance between learning these new skills, making mistakes, right. which everybody loves to do, and then moving mm-hmm. on and uh, producing something that you're proud of. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's rough. So what I did with him is he had some... Uh, he wanted to work on his perception of himself and that developmental process. He wanted to be more motivated towards those things because he thought that he perceived working on his future business taking away from his current business, which is kind of true hmm. in a sense. It kind of is. We always want, we're always working on two businesses, right? The business that we're in now and the business we're transitioning into. Yes. We're working on two, and you should be. If you're an entrepreneur, that's, that's how it works, right? Um, and... We did some mental work, you know. We did some shifting, uh, some behavioral modification. We associated. We did some uh, some work on uh, what's called logical levels. That's some that's some shit we gotta get into. I have to remind me to get back into that because that levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, logical remember. levels. Remember that because that's gonna like change your perception on your reality like real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we started working on his uh, his behavior on uh, or his association to working on his new business, and as we began to shift, he had this pain in his back that was purely from stress mm-hmm. that he's been living with. Going back to my original point, I know we went on a couple of tangents, but I brought it back. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> he had this. Uh, he didn't tell me about it because he's a tough boxing instructor. But he said, "Man, you know, I had this pain, and as soon as I was able to, you know." feel I took him through this this place where he visualized what the inner resources that he needed to accomplish his goal would f- look like right just total visual visualization and he imagined this sea of infinite energy that he was floating through where he was weightless and for me to be able to take him through that process mm. was so powerful for him that he the back pain, just the muscle spasm that he was feeling in his in his QL just evaporated, just dissolved. It was purely psychological from where he holds tension uh, uh, subconsciously, and it was it's phenomenal to see. Like every week, I get to, I get to do stuff. I get to practice every week with these guys in the master program, and it's really really dope. But um, once you change your belief system, which is part of the, one of the logical levels, the upper logical levels, it's it's there's not a lot where you can't accomplish. 
if you change your beliefs about something. So um, let's get right into logical levels. Yeah, let's yeah. About that. He, he wrote ready? down a little note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> logical <laughs> level. Like, logical, logical level. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So logical levels um, are what the fabric of our reality are made of. Mm. Easy stuff to comprehend. <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> right? So um, I might, I'm going to look, I know I'm going to like look back on this and hear this again and, and realize how I butchered this shit because I'm, you know, I'm getting sl- better and better and I listened to the last podcast where I came over here, mm-hmm. and it's awful. But <laughs> it's, we thought it was great. Maybe it, we, so. it was I'm, amazing. I'm my, own, yeah. I'm my worst critic. We all yeah. are. Yeah, I'm a little hard on myself. People tell me. Yeah. You know, we all are. I'm trying to ease up in the right place. You know, it's a process. So the first uh, level, you know, how we experience our reality is uh, our environment, right? It's why we relocate to places to reset. It's because we think that's going to change how we feel on the inside. Where it's really our, our nar- narrative, basically, right? So, uh, what determines our how we feel about our environment, right? Is our thought process, the thoughts that we have about it, that dictate what we do in in, in our behavior, mm. right? So the behavior will is was what affects our uh, our environment, how we interact with things and people, the feedback we get determines our behavior. So our thoughts influence our behavior which influence our uh environment and that's kind of where people kind of stop because i feel like you know like this making like they're kind of operating from that level i think this i'm gonna do this and it'll affect this and that's how personal training kind of is too right like i i think this i go to the gym I do the things. I lift them. <laughs> um, I look like that. I look like that. <laughs> Easy. Fucking step, step curry. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, all net. All net, right? Every time. But then they're like, yo, so, you know, the problem is that my thoughts aren't really leading me to the behavior I want now. Mm. Now, what the hell? What's going to? So, okay. In order to observe my thoughts, you got to step back and observe them. To step back into one of these frames so I have to be able to step into a new one so what determines my thoughts right my belief systems right. my belief what I believe determines what I think what I think b- creates a behavior and my behavior is what is how I interact with my environment you know brains on the stick they're they're like behavior <laughs> environment behavior environment behavior environment mm-hmm. so it's about Going into that place with people, to getting them to change. think, li- literally getting into getting into their thoughts. Yeah, getting, getting into, into their, their belief systems yeah, yeah, yeah. that determine their, their thoughts. thoughts. How do you shift someone's beliefs? Well, it depends on their beliefs. <laughs> well, it and depends pers- on how it depends on uh, uh, their uh, identity. Hmm. How do you identify? What do you identify with? Uh, what, what determines you? What ingredients do you feel make you up? You're a father, you're a physical therapist, you're a, you're a jiu-jitsu practitioner, you're all these things, right? Mm. That's what you believe you are. And if anything conflicts with those beliefs, oh, it's, it's... you're not happy. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not, we're not happy, right? You're mm-hmm. engaged, I'm about to be married, if, uh, uh, mm. I have a business with my, pract- with my wife, my future wife, I want to build a future life with her. Mm-hmm. You know, I love her. I'm a dedicated martial artist. If 
someone's perception of you was is not any of those things, we get pissed off. Mm-hmm. That's true. Right? Like, yeah. You're not really gonna get engaged. Your wife's like, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so it's it's about how. So now, what about negative uh, belief systems? Plenty how do you know? The, how do you know if you're in a negative belief system that you're not thinking? thoughts that are empowering that's how you know you're in a neg- you have a negative a limiting belief you think you're gonna fail at something yep but yeah. uh, immediately um mm-hmm. creating stories that don't really exist i mean no that's a big one yeah yeah it's creating creating stories that do no longer suit you there was a time where i believed i could do everything on my own you know i'm a loner and I, I always everything you see on my instagram everything you've ever i've ever done i've done solo because i just didn't trust people to help me because I felt like no one was interested, or at one point I felt no one really cared enough about me. Right. And that belief suited me because I worked harder because I felt that I was alone. Mm. Now, is that true Probably today? Absolutely not, yeah. I got, pl- I got pl- people that care about me, and I know they care about me. They hit me up daily to, to let me know that they care about me. Yeah, I cool. see them, and they, 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 I feel the love. They tell me they love me. They show me they love me, you know? It's not true anymore. So maybe that belief that, you know, I had before is no longer necessary because it's it's keeping me from really connecting with people. So if you have a belief that sounds like that, that it, it kind of suited you before, mm-hmm. but it no longer does, it's time to let that go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's time to let that go and replace it with a new belief that's empowering, that will allow you to connect to people and to the things, and uh, not the things, but the, the opportunities that you're looking for. You gotta let that shit go, and that's really hard to shift. In order to shift your beliefs, my friend, there's more. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Go> wait. <laughs> Come on down to uh, logical, levels. logical levels. Logical levels. <laughs> uh, so, to, in order to observe my beliefs, I have to step back into my true self, into the self, the higher self. What's beyond the things that make me who I am? The jiu-jitsu practitioner, the betrothed, the future betrothed. <laughs> <laughs> What's beyond that? What's but like these are just ingredients of a pod, but what mm. how can I observe these ingredients? It's from the what it's from what uh, you know, uh, spiritual people call the higher self. Mm. The higher self isn't exactly. The higher self isn't uh, you know, some shit that you read in the secret. Or uh, <laughs> some, in my perspective, it right, could right, be. Right, it no, could no. be. They, they have ingredients, but no, I got you. I, you feel yeah, me? Like it's yeah. not some mystical thing that you can only touch when you're on peyote. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's an observation standing point. It's yes. the top of the mountain, observing the human experience, which has many different levels, and you know, VKA, visual audio kinesthetic, um, is like part of the molecular level of how we interpret our reality and then to work your way up to that of observing yourself and your belief systems which create your thoughts that create your behavior to interact with your environment that is the ultimate place to be from so what i do i do a technique with uh, aligning your logical levels you start off with the criteria what do you want to change uh let's say uh i want to i want to connect with my kid more you know, you start off like, I just want to hang out with my kids some more. You, you start to see how maybe my thought process isn't aligning with that behavior because I don't believe I should be hanging out with my kid as much as I should, as I do, 
because it might interfere with my identity as a person who's like really you know independent and is a loner and observing my higher self how does that align with what I'm talking about what I'm doing in my personal life and as who I am because I do identify as a father but maybe not that kind of a father once you get back into a line of what the real purpose of that behavior really is everything starts to fall back into place because it is part of your identity just not that specific uh self-image because we all have we talked about this a little bit like how we all have multiple self-images it's not just right. one right, right. eric right right we have multiple self-images right yeah, absolutely in order to develop one we have to uh find out what that's purpose is the beauty about all little self-images aligning they align at the higher self perspective to observe my belief systems and behaviors and my identity that stuff is observed from that higher place and mm. In order to really understand what your criteria is, what's important to you in your life, what's important to you in your fitness and, and uh, your surroundings, you have to observe yourself from that perspective. You don't have to go through that exact process, but at some level, you're going to have to take a look at those things. As, as you can hear, that's some heavy fucking lifting. It is. Yeah, it that's is. heavy lifting. But it, to, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I feel like that process, you'll keep having to go back and forth, right? That's right. And then you, you might just start like, you know, subtracting things that, you know, you don't necessarily need to talk about anymore and you just keep progressing that way. Every time I hear about this stuff, I always think about the, the neuro aspect of it. Oh, same just because, like, brain plasticity. And I I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, maybe they have studies with this with uh, neuro-linguistic programming, mm-hmm. but I'm sure there's some brain activity changes Definitely. that the further you go into it, you're just like, wow, you're getting away most likely from your emotional part and getting more logical mm-hmm. and then that and will change how you feel about perception yeah and it's almost like you're using um a jocko willink a navy seal mm-hmm. talks about extreme ownership he talks about detachment mm-hmm. and um you're describing it perfect where you know you're going you're watching yourself from afar mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um it's almost like you're a third party you're not it's not the third party it's you it's you, <laughs> it's you and it's rawest form right but and looking at that detachment is kind of critical, I think, in a lot of um, high-stress situations. Definitely. And that's, uh, fighters, right? I mean, mm-hmm. fighters do it all the time where that's how they're training, right? I mean, yeah. they, they well, have... Uh, yeah, I think so. What do you think? I think so. I think some of the better people make a lot of... are able to kind of remove themselves from the situation. That's what I see. During combat? No. Okay. <laughs> after, like, after, after yes. like a reflective thing, Correct. like, oh, I remember yeah. when I was in this position and that position. Right. But no, during combat, you you got to focus in on you're what's, very much what's so in front. In the moment. Yeah. Uh, whoever's in the moment the most usually. Uh, that sticks with me all the time. Yeah. yeah whoever's most present. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that um, with with all that said, it's really interesting how these things aren't really talked about yet in our culture. They will be, I believe, which is why. I'm, you know, just staying the course and just doing what I do. Um, and I think that it's really important for us to have an introspective perspective when it comes to our development. It doesn't happen on the outside. Hmm. It doesn't happen on the outside. Just because you change your behavior doesn't mean you understand why. And the biggest issue I come across, the biggest fear that I come across is when someone wants to work with me and they're afraid that the change won't last. Hmm. That's a that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. man. They they're afraid that 
they'll put all this money and hard work in, and they can't keep their end of the bargain. And uh, what do you think that would be? If you're thinking about logical levels, what do you think? Hmm. That's that's they obviously haven't changed their perception. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't changed you know, the, their belief system. That's right. Yeah, they that's they right. haven't changed. That's yeah, right. They're going so back to. Uh, that's a story doesn't that doesn't help them anymore. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's a story that doesn't help, man. And and so that's where my work really is at. Is I take them through that journey, um, in just the various different ways. I get to practice, you know. NLP, which is not really, uh, I, I describe it to people and they're kind of like, it's a cult. Like, it sounds like, yeah. it's like No, a it cult. has pieces of a lot of things, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it yeah. does. And, and not in a, it's all labeling, I mean, but Correct. behavioral um, DBT, what is it? Dialectical behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of Very that, uh, the three, the paradigm there is thoughts, beliefs, and yes, actions. Yes, yes. I, <laughs> I was just observing that uh, the other day. Yeah. I have it saved on my phone, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Thoughts, behavior, and, and kind of challenging. It's, it's like and psychology. I believe, yeah, right? psychology. Right. Psychology, you know, I would say it's, yeah, definitely psychology. Yeah. And it's basically, you know, you're challenging your thoughts, right? right. So, oh, my God, um, I'm going to fail at this business. I'm going to fail. I'm fear of failure, let's say, of this business. Sure. And you kind of assess, you know, uh, do you have evidence for this? Right. No. Um, what are the any... statistics of failing a business? Yes. Right. Well, pretty high. What is the definition <laughs> of failing <laughs> a business? High. Pretty high. <laughs> I want to not look at those. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that will. Just take that one down. <laughs> <laughs> let's focus kind of on something else. There. But, uh, but, you, but you know, why are they failing? What right. about these businesses make them fail? Because, oh, okay. Yeah. Then it's not so scary. Yeah. So oh, scary. these motherfuckers are cooking the books and <laughs> they, 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 they not paying their taxes on time. All right, cool. I think we're I think we're straight. They're all credited up. They're all credited up, and then you know whatever. Then you you can observe their behavior, and emulate that behavior. You know, I'm I'm emulating. Part of my homework is to, uh, I'm uh, modeling. Nice. I'm modeling one of my uh, former clients. Uh, probably one of the most influential, the most influential person I've ever trained, in my opinion. Right. And he's one of my favorite humans of all time, my man, uh, Jason Goldman. He was working with Google before Google, as Google was becoming like Google. Google, right. Like, wow. oh yeah, Google. Now it's like, yeah, Google it. Right. <laughs> he was working during that time. It, right. Wow. Right. Uh, he left. They were like, you're fucking crazy. He was like, eh, I need to be challenged. I'm gonna start this. this co- I'm gonna help these guys. I know uh, start this company called uh, Twitter, and uh, <laughs> wow, we'll see what, what what happens. So I was with him during the time that Twitter released like this book about the inner workings of what was going on, and it was going public. So he was like a little stressed out, and definitely needed to work out like all the time. So he became fucking shredded. He was a little on the heavy side at one point and he worked I think he lost maybe like 45 pounds or something like that he looked, uh-huh. looked, looked incredible um, then he was like alright well next yo, I have like infinite resources what do I do now and was traveling the world with this girl and now um, then in between that Obama's second term Obama called him wow. and was like yo we need you to do this like social media thing we're trying to connect with the country we yeah. want you to be the head of the social media uh, I forgot what you would call it, but he basically he does a lot of cool shit on the internet just to connect the president with uh, the younger crew, with everyone, like the White House's Facebook page and like the wow. White House Twitter feed and like the and like connecting Steph Curry with you know Obama to, to do a little cool video to show like the human side of him and all these projects that he was the 
the father of you know he's he's a visionary you know mm. so and he's such an intelligent guy and then a cool dude I, I love the guy I, I, he was mm. he was such an amazing influence on me when I was training I was kind of like in the midpoint of my training now this must have been like six six years ago I guess mm. um, and he just you know I can't wait to like hit him up I haven't actually hit him up yet so he, he kind of has to say yes now right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember me remember me we talk all the time still that's very I cool. hit him up all the time Instagram he's always posting pictures of his newborn uh, son mm. and um, his adorable uh, puppy who looks like a like a just a wise old man uh, <laughs> a um, wise puppy a wise, just, he always does a pensive look as if like he said I'm getting too old for this sh- puppy <laughs> shit <laughs> you know? I enjoy it I don't know I enjoy puppies that's the nice. um, same here so yeah I can't wait for that um, he's a he's an excellent person to uh, model but if you want to look for someone I think that's a great homework for people listening is to find someone whose behavior thought process and maybe even their belief system and, and, you know, how they identify with their belief system is worth looking into to model. And in modeling, what um what exactly would you be modeling on his, those three systems, I guess, behavior, his belief systems, and I'm missing one. I don't know yet. Uh, yeah. I got I to gotta, I gotta hit him up and ask him some uh, questions. It's, it's very specific questions that we have to... I have to go through with him to to do my homework, you know, and I'm I'm sure it'll be very insightful because I don't have a lot of um, mentors that are willing to mentor that does, that's what they live for, right? You mm-hmm. know, my always my issue was always like I always wanted to mentor before I knew some shit. My first client was I was like 13, and uh-huh. I'm like training them in the park, and I, everything I knew was from like books mm-hmm. and fist fights, so mm-hmm. I was just trained them. With that, and then you know, I was like, yeah, I just you know believed in myself, and like this is what I, I knew, this is what I wanted to do. Mm. People that people believe in you enough to listen to what you have to say, even if it's not the best information at the oh, time. Listen, you mm-hmm. know, that's you're great. Still, you're still helping. I mean, at the end of the day, you yeah, were helping. True. They did yeah. get to their goal. I knew a little more than they did. Right. That's all it really. That's all it really is. Yeah. Really, mm-hmm. you know, if you know a little bit more, you pass that along. And you taught someone something. That's a very empowering feeling, too. I mean, I'm sure at 13, you know, yeah. seeing the shift, I mean, that's why you're here now. That's, the... that's why I'm here now, yeah, because of that moment. Um, and then they, they maintained being a client, actually. Like, as I progressed, they were a client last year. They were still, they still wow. work with me. It's pretty yeah. amazing that they... So 20 um, years. 20 years. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. My oldest client, I think, is about 15, 16. And the things that we did initially, and we do now... Mm radically different but right. they believe you know they believed they and, believe you know yeah. and then so did i you know mm-hmm. at the end of the day you did as well um when it comes to modeling it's interesting because um not to do too much of a tangent but tim ferris you know mm-hmm. interviews all these top performers but right. he's very specific about his questions about their morning rituals right. their routine and, and it's very i mean i'm not saying that you're going to ask those questions but i would think that those are the behavioral questions, right? Right. I mean, what, what are they doing with their time? You know, it's fascinating to me in the last mm-hmm. three to four years to listen. I got on the podcast scene listening to Tim Ferriss, Rogan, Jocko, you know, it, but they're all in the same realm. Mm-hmm. Of, they're uh, kind of on the human performance uh, mindset yeah. coaching, which is like, 
great because you don't have to you don't have to actually do anything. You can think about yeah, yeah. doing it and <laughs> right, you, right. Hope you feel this productive anyway. <laughs> sure. That first the first level yeah. was until oh, yeah. I, feel, yeah. I feel productive. Well, I, I've just... been listening to this top performer today and uh, I'm gonna spout this knowledge as if it was my own personal thoughts. This is so true. Sound like a genius. Uh, and absolutely. Then eat this shitty sandwich and go take a nap. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. This was that. this was a few years ago. Spot yeah. on, spot on. Until, uh, there, no, no, no. It's it's the truth. It <laughs> oh, was the truth. When yeah. I started listening, I would be like, "Hey, I would pass it on to my clients. I would pass it on to friends. Yeah, you gotta listen to this guy. So shit is great. Oh, okay. But at the same token, yeah. you gotta do. You gotta do you it. Gotta do you gotta it. put in the work. And that's what I've been doing myself for the last three weeks. Has been uh, putting my money where my mouth is, and I can't expect my clients to uh, withhold from. Uh, their vices and coping mechanisms if I don't do the same myself. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we all have them. Um, we all need improvements, but unless you take time to really look at yourself and your and all those things and do the digging, right. you, you, you're just lip service. It really means nothing. The information means nothing if it's not tested with yourself. Because that's the process of being a good trainer, a physical therapist, or anyone that's mentoring someone else. You have to do it yourself and then go through the trial and error of that with yourself. Right. And then from that, you understand what your client's experience will be. Once you understand or have a sort of an understanding of what their experience will be, depending on their psychology, of course, then you can then coach them. But you have to experience it for yourself. Listen to that. Listeners, yeah, listen to that clearly. You have to experience it for yourself. You have to practice it on your own. I don't give anything my clients to my clients that I don't know what it feels like. Right. I saw this on Instagram. Hey, let's try this. No, it's not gonna work. No, this is this is a huge topic. On I mean, I always bring we always bring it back to physical therapy, but mm-hmm. I follow a lot of the people who are leading our industry right now, like on social media, and there's there's arguments all the time on Twitter, and most of the the leaders, they, they believe that, you know, because right now, if you were to really whittle it down to what are the main things that one, a physical therapist needs to be evidence-based in their treatments. Right. So the two major things you should be including in treatments is education and strength training. Mm-hmm. So if you go backwards for both of those things, you definitely need interviewing skills, mm-hmm. which they all agree upon that you need to train in, you need to practice it yourself. And then you go backwards on strength training, you need to go through that yourself. That's right. You got to squat. That's right. got to deadlift. You got to... Yeah. Regardless of the methods, though, right? right? You, you have to... The most important <coughs> tool, the most important tool that a personal trainer or a physical therapist will have in his arsenal is communication. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you cannot communicate accurately to your clients, you're, you're not going to get through to them. The plan will not work. It's going to get to the point where you've experienced all the programming and and all the, the tools as far as uh, implementing a, a strategy for them is, is, is under the sun. There's only so many things the body can do. You know, this guy does it a little differently. Or th- <laughs> this guy has a Russian name when it when <laughs> like it, it doesn't fucking matter yeah, if you right. can't communicate to your clients. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> Sorry to use profanity, delicate mm-hmm. personal trainers and physical therapists. No, ears. it's okay. <laughs> no, no, it's but, all uh, good. I, We're I just explicit. really feel like really I'm really passionate about that. Yeah. Which is why I dedicate most of my training after you know forever of of 
you know, of, of studying the human body. Just don't get me wrong. I'm not just making the shit up out there just like <laughs> willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. I, I have really great mentors in all aspects of my training. They're pivotal people in their, you know, respect. And I highly respect all of them. You know, Rich Breder, uh, Stu Rosenstein, uh, Nathan Ingram, um, a lot of people that, you know, uh, 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 Rachel Hot, you know, Stephen Leeds from the NLP world, you know, they've all been doing it for 30, 40 years. Mm. And these people uh, laid the foundation, walked across hot coals for me to, you know, be the cool guy in a leather jacket telling you guys what's going on. <laughs> you know? And uh, it's it's really about communication. At the end of the day, each one of those people were amazing communicators in their field in that specific criteria. Yes. Now, the question is, can you communicate to yourself mm-hmm. accurately, clearly, and concisely enough to develop your own criteria what are you about? And that's how you'll help grow your business. Mm-hmm. Very cool. That goes back. <clears throat> you know, whatever field you're in. I mean, in that field, <clears throat> in any aspect of our life, whether it's a personal situation, whether it's a business situation, maybe even in the street, right? I mean, Definitely. being able to communicate you're not a threat or you are a threat. Maybe you, <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> maybe you have to be a threat. You know, mm-hmm. it depends, but it depends on the kind of... usually the opposite. Right. It's usually the opposite. I'm usually the opposite. It's the same here. Same I was, here. I was in a... I was in a bar in Brooklyn. I walk in and there's a guy, you know, I'm sitting at the at the front. I can't hide. I'm like right, right. I, I look like this. So I'm sitting in front of the bar. So I, I'm like, see my hands are right here. Right, not, right. Nothing's happening. Uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I go to I go to the front of the bar and there's this guy that just won't leave. He's hammered. And the uh, bouncer was just like, dog, you you're not staying here, you know. He was a little older, so he was not about to get in the fist of cuffs with this dude, but he would have handled him, you know. So he was getting a little trouble. He didn't want to, you know, he like he was tired or something. So I get up, and I just fix my posture, look at the guy, and the guy stops. He's <laughs> like, oh, shit. And I'm like, I put my arm around him. I'm like, yo, man, let me talk to you for a second, man. Come mm-hmm. on, just go outside. Talk to me. I can't hear in there. He goes, oh, Okay. And he woefully just walks outside. I'm going to listen. What's going on? This fucking guy. He said this. <laughs> my girlfriend. I said, your girlfriend? He goes, yeah. I said, your girlfriend? He goes, yeah. <laughs> I said, what about your girlfriend? She, I don't know. <laughs> I said, okay, okay. Girlfriend, best friend, everybody comes outside. Like, all right, he's just drunk and whatever. They're all foreign. They all had like... Spanish from Spain accents. Uh, I was like, okay, it's all over. I go back inside. Bouncer was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Thank you for doing my job." Give me the heads, yeah. Yeah. Me the heads up, <laughs> and I sit down at the bar, and the waitress saw it. He goes, "It's on me, honey." <laughs> <laughs> Total like, New York. Oh, uh, so New York. Awesome. It was great because you get to use NLP. Yeah, man. To you know. Uh, nullify a potentially difficult situation because yeah, bouncing. I don't know if you guys ever had to go as no, low as the New no, York City. No, bouncer, I wanted. I, I wanted to ask about that because I, I it, sparked five, a, it sparked. It sparked. No way. <laughs> 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 no, 
I used yeah, to I, I used to chat I used yeah. to chat with the bouncers. My my strategy was always to connect with the bouncers because right. I, I used to know when shit hits the fan. That's right. They don't fucking know. remember. Shit yeah. hits the fan. You don't want them swinging on you. No, no. So it was like, hey, how's this place? What's the cool night? You know, just just one one two yeah, liner. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They know yeah. my face and that's it. And I, I'm not a threat to them and mm-hmm. that's all. But yep. your experience with um, bouncing, <laughs> did did you have any experience with oh, that? Oh yeah, yeah, all the time. Mm. All the time. Yeah. Everything can be nullified with conversation. But mostly nonverbal and tonality. When we talked about that, like yes. your mm-hmm. girlfriend yelling. Yes. Oh, you're yelling? You were yelling. Yes. You're like, ah! And she's like, why are you yelling? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't like, matter what the content yeah, is, this, this usually. Is a, yes. I realized uh, myself that my tonality needed a lot of work. My tonality was just, yeah, so, all right, so this is what we're going to do. I, I like saying jokes very monotone. And then mm. hoping you pick up on the content and you're listening, but sometimes it doesn't work for everybody's style. Some people need, you know, like someone like this, and then it come back down. And you know, <laughs> some some people need like fluctuation in, in, in mm. what and how they communicate. So you gotta listen to what people want, and then deliver them something familiar, and then you communicate that way. It's just good communication. Good communication is good manners. Mm. It's not something that. Some people have, some people don't. It's really a based on your ability to listen and put the other person first just for a little while. You'll come. Don't worry. You'll get, you'll get what you're looking for. You'll get what you need. But first, have a conversation. Listen to them and then ask what you need based on their criteria to deliver your message in a way that they can hear you or experience you. And that's that's what that's what it is for me. It's about being an active communicator. It's about having good manners. I used to. I was thinking about this. I know I'm going from story to story, but mm. this really pertains to. Uh, so I say the N word a lot. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, and it was like, for me, it was hilarious because I was like, I'm around these like white people that have been told that this and this is a very bad word <laughs> and you should never say it under any circumstances and I grew up listening to uh, you know it was just crazy motherfucker named Ice Cube told me that this is alright this is alright so uh, uh, niggas bleed uh, you know like whatever bro so it was just how people talk and I thought to me it was like good you need to hear this word cause this is how people speak that aren't like you and you mm. and this is the only exposure you're going to get to that right now that works however i can't look like this and have people associate that with this because they already think i'm a criminal at work right. like right. i'm like yeah I'm, what do you do i'm a personal trainer so what else do you do mm. and i'm like this is it actually right, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is what i'm banking on right. um but it's really to, to to use that language right to use that language um <clears throat> is bad manners not because of its taboo nature but it's it's bad manners in that context yeah and the association that's going to come up with it the association their mm-hmm. internal representation of what the word means is their reality not what the word actually means which means what it means to you right. Mm-hmm. right what things mean to you don't make a difference to to them no no and you got to speak a common language you got to speak mm. what well, there Somewhat. is no there is no common language necessarily right. but there you have to speak a familiar language to them 
in order to know that though yeah. we gotta listen yeah. mm-hmm. yes. are they using the n-word no right. if they did i'd slap them but yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have my some of my really good white friends yeah. they were saying it all the time oh that's kind of crazy see that's, that's, yeah, what, that's, see, kinda, right, right, that's right. what i mean mm-hmm. in that context they were just kind of like they wouldn't even say like yo this nigga was crazy and he looked at me <laughs> it was more like, yo, this nigga's crazy. I was like, you're not even going to give me the, the the look to see if it's all right? Okay, that's what we're going to do. So one day, it took years for me to build the courage up to say this because I love them so much. And one day, I was just, you know, guys, you know, that word in this context, I know you guys are cool. I know that it, it's all about context, right? Because they're not using it in a way that's uh, derogatory or offensive. And that's how language works. However, it also brings up the, the, uh, the, for me, to me, when my white friends would use that word, it meant that they weren't sensitive to the nature of it and what it would mean for them to use it. Right. They immediately understood. Right. Okay. Cool. Done. Never heard it again. Right. You know, because they love me that much. They're really good friends. But it's really about and then taking that on myself and me using it, which is totally fine by traditional standards of today. Right. (laughs) May not be in 20 years. I don't know. No, might not be. Who knows? Might not be. A lot of shit changing. Um, But it's it's really about me understanding that when it comes to language, because good language and good communication is good manners. And takes you very far, you know. People, yeah. you know, it's people make a lot of assumptions uh, based on language, you mm-hmm. know, whether that's you know whether it's true or not. But um, yeah, I could relate. You know, in the '90s, growing up in the Bronx, the N word was thrown around. It was just like part of the language. It was just what it was, man. You yeah. know, and mm-hmm. I knew a lot of Irish, Italian, mm-hmm. you know, little gangster types that would throw it around too you know but right. it was again it was that it was what they were listening to it was right, no right. there was nothing meant by it you know it was it was someone like Puerto a brother Rican yeah saying the n-word yeah, yeah you don't even like bat your eyelashes in new york no. specifically oh, new york yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's it yes right like, you know they'll abbreviate a little they'll you know abbreviate, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, but um but anyone that grew up like in the hood, they just said the N-word because that's yeah. what they heard. You know, yeah. it wasn't, and you never even thought, like, ah, this guy's being racist. I know Chinese people that say that. Yeah, word. exactly. I know <laughs> Puerto Ricans say Dominicans. <laughs> yep. I know yep. at least five other nationalities. Right. right. But it's such, a, it's contextual. But again, it Correct. doesn't make it. Good manners. Good manners. No. Man. No, man. It doesn't. And, and again, what, what else is associated with that? You right. Know, um, you know, you're it, from the hood. Yeah. You know, your mentality is probably this big. You know, like yeah, there's yeah, also your so many point other, of reference. Your is, point of reference is this big. Your yeah. perspective, you know, on your reach and not reach. I think it just has to do with like, you know, how far do you want your influence to travel? Because other clients will hear me say it, and they'll make their own assumptions because that's the dialogue that's in the gym culture, within the culture. Right. Is like, you know, the value system of what is good language upon the people that you're with. You know, I had a, a really good, I had a really good, since the last time we spoke, I have many transformative moments, and it's mm. difficult to quantify them. However, one of them was realizing the value system in the ecosystem mm. in which I work in, and that's huge for getting along with people and building mm. rapport. 
That's a, that's a big one because each gym, each place you go to is its own system. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. And um, how do you survive in it? Where do you st- in the hierarchy? There's always going to be a hierarchy. You can pretend that there isn't. Mm, there always but is. There always There's is. always a pecking order. Um, it's interesting because each place you go to, it, it's just different. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to. I've been in this place for about five months now. And everyone's really cool, but I had to, you know, had to very much so use skills to, to, to get, maintain, to maintain, to build rapport with people, to really get to know them. Because when I first came in, they were not having it. They looked at me once. It was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> Who is this really? guy? Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, maybe it's my own worldview that I'm. Dude, if missing. I walk into your physical therapy place and I never wore like trainer, I didn't have polo shirts. Right, on, right, 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 right. And I walked in like this, like, yeah, I'm here to do physical therapy or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah. right. I'd love You're it. Right, right. right? right. I walk into You're your right. ecosystem. Like, Anything uh, that's different is fit. perceived as a threat. Correct. Yeah, hundred percent. It's perceived oh, immediately. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, oh, let me be friends with this dangerous thing. That <laughs> no one ever thinks that. So it's real. They were like. Is this guy fucking for real? Is he? And then the next thing is, is he going to uh, damage the ecosystem? Is he going to threaten my place uh, in the hierarchy? The image, the image too, right? Mm-hmm. That their their perceived image, right? The, the perception of what's happening. Didn't right. talk to me yet. You know, just all they see is like what they see, and mm-hmm. whatever their internal representation of that is. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't matter. You know, I, I wrote a post about this uh, a couple of days ago. But it doesn't matter if I brought in money or that I was trying to influence the culture in a positive way by being nice to everyone, getting to know everyone, and that I was a human being, right? I can't, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was more about whatever their internal representation is. And it's very important for you to understand through communication, people are going to reference you and uh, interact with you based on their association to other things. You know, mm. you see a bald guy, mm-hmm. you have a you you have whatever association comes to mind, and then that's how they perceive you. There's, you're not in charge of that, right? No. And you have to understand that that's how people perceive things. That's their map of the world. Mm. Yeah, sometimes you have a, a very short amount of time or an interaction <clears throat> in order to gain or lose that person's trust. Or um, that's right. You know, and it depends. Some in some cases you're like, fuck it, you know, I don't you know Correct. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And others it's like, Well, you know, I might uh, I might need to adapt, but mm-hmm. to some extent mm-hmm. n- not to the point where you're compromising your own beliefs, I believe. You that's know? A, yeah, I, I believe uh mm. See know. that's a tough thing. I think some people do do that. Right. And then end up resenting themselves and treating other people around them 100%. poorly. Because yes. they did compromise, I refuse so, to. It's, this is more than just how I look to me. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. If it was just how I looked, I would, you know, try to fit in or whatever, whatever, you know, spandex, right. <laughs> sweatpants, <laughs> fucking kill me, <laughs> <laughs> fucking kill me. Right oh now. shit! You see me in sweatpants? You know, I'm taking pictures right off of jujitsu. <laughs> coming right off. Because I'm not, this is not who I am. I'm comfortable like this. You're comfortable wearing sweatpants and a baggy hoodie and, you know, that's what you do, bro. I'm not here to like, okay, I will make fun of you, but I will not. (laughs) That's not my internal representation of what a trainer looks like. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think Mm -hmm. I should be comfortable doing whatever it is that I'm doing as long as it makes, uh, it contributes in a positive way. 
if, if the way I look is so distracting mm. to you that maybe you're not working so hard. I was going to say, if they're really focused on your appearance, I mean, there's other things should be going on. Yeah. And especially should. if it's an independent spot. It where is. It, it just, it just, you know, it just, I guess the way I look is so jarring to people sometimes. I don't know. I, I guess they can't, no one, people can really usually can't pinpoint what I'm about because there's a lot of conflicting information here uh, to them. To well, me, it all fits together. It's me. But to well, them, they look at me and they're, I can see them processing. Trying to figure it out. Trying to figure it out. And then I can see them going to their internal reference mm-hmm. in their mind, trying to visualize what it is that, that it reminds them of and then make the picture. Because part of the training for communication is knowing where people access things in their brain, mm-hmm. right? What right. their eye movement is, coupled with, obviously, their body language and tonality. But when I'm speaking to someone and I can see them, like, <clears throat> you know, having this internal dialogue. We all do. Yeah, <laughs> we all do. And it's it helps me build rapport with them because I understand where they're coming from a little bit better. So I can kind of guide them to see, to show them that I'm a human being just like they are experiencing the same thing knowing what i look like because you know it's it's difficult for them too they feel like i feel like a lot of people go through their internal dialogue varies but the most common one that i feel like i run into is one from insecurity and uh, unsure of themselves you know they're in like clothes that don't fit right if they're a client you know they're, they're trying to get in shape they're battling their own they're battling their own beliefs about themselves and then here comes a distraction from that. Mm. I get it, you know, but I'm really here to enhance your experience and to let you know that you can be yourself. You can be yourself and express yourself and be respected for who you are and accepted for who you are, but you're going to have to do that within yourself first. Powerful, very powerful. It's a tough conversation to have. It's tough, Because yeah. what, what, obviously if what you are isn't, respected by uh, the, your peers right. mm-hmm. then you're going to have a tough time yep. not everyone's communication skills is are trained you know no. so I understand it's difficult to, to be yourself in any microcosm it's hard you know so people you know find their clique and they find their tribe or they right. try they find their group but to really stand alone on your own to represent oneself to be aligned you know, that's tough. That's yes. tough. But it's not going to be tough for long because eventually people will connect with you. Right. Well, they see it. They Not only see it, they feel it. You yes. know, when you're in, they're in your presence, right. you know, mm-hmm. they know that, oh, something a little different here. Right. Uh, or just you connect. You connect because it's not so different after all. Right. It really isn't. It's that's not. Me. We're just in the same the, experience. The blessing of uh, living here in New York, you mm-hmm. realize, like, you just learn not to make assumptions because um, they're usually wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and growing here up in New York, you know, some of the craziest individuals you might meet, probably the most insecure, right? Definitely. <laughs> oh, definitely. And some of the, the most. That are from here? Or, or they're from here. Like, yeah. Well, it, it, depends. Yeah. It depends. On the, depends. I think depends. it depends on the, the atmosphere, the, 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 uh, the, the environment right. and the context. Context is everything. But the, the, the difference is, you know, I. I I always say nothing really surprises me. You know, at times you see something in the street, you know, it's a person doing some wild, something wild, and you're like, well, it's New York. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we do live in a bubble of, um, 
somewhat of tolerance and acceptance of one another here right, in New right. York that, you know, hopefully spreads to the world. It doesn't look like that recently, but... Um, I mean, yeah. it depends on what lens you're looking through, right? Correct, correct. I mean, my world, it is inclusive. So, I right. mean, I, I don't know... Yeah, I don't know what others are doing, but I, I feel that here in New York, we are a bit spoiled in a good way. I'm not, I'm not complaining. Right. I feel like it's what we do with it, though. We can be in the same... Occupy the same space, but if we're not optimizing our... Uh, experience with one another by learning about each other, then it's a waste of time to be in New York if you're not experiencing things that bring you out of your comfort zone and and what I call enhancing your map. Yes. Right? This is something we chat about a lot, about getting uncomfortable on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, obviously, jujitsu, we go back to that. It's part of that, but Mm -hmm. it's not just about jujitsu. It's Mm -hmm. taking a road you might not want to go to and Trying a different activity. That's right. Checking out a neighborhood. My wife and I do, she calls it cultural Sundays. <laughs> but we go, we go, we basically just drive around to a different neighborhood. Right. And um, whether it's a museum for my little my son. Mm-hmm. But just checking out our city. Mm-hmm. I mean, go, going to Battery Park and looking at the carousel. There's so many things here That's in right. New York to check out. So and, many um, things. It only takes a few hours and it doesn't have to cost money. No. You know? No, but doesn't. just taking it in and just... City changes all the time, too. Mm-hmm. As we speak, mm-hmm. you know, something's closing, something's opening. A different ethnic group is moving into a neighborhood, moving right. out of a neighborhood. Right. It's, really, it's really cool, and I, I really... I enjoy these cultural Sundays. <laughs> it, it adds. It's but it, it's uncomfortable. Initially, I, I, I was resistant. I was like, I just want to chill. Right. I just want to relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a busy week. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, it's not about you. <laughs> it's about this little guy and I was yeah. you know and then it, right. then it, then everything changes but um, yeah getting uncomfortable is a, is a really critical and getting uncomfortable in a way that it makes us grow yes it does I think that there's something to being in tune with your your suffering inside and out right suffering is such a harsh word to describe what the human experience is but it is suffering we're constantly being uncomfortable we're constantly being pulled in different directions and our attention being pulled in different ways. But that's a part of the experience. The experience of being a human is, is to suffer. But to listen to what your suffering is telling you is a skill that most people kind of ignore now. All right. Because we're not spending time with ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not spending time with our thoughts and really evaluating what our criteria for happiness is. Right. How do you know what's making you happy hmm. if you're not sitting down with yourself uh, and checking in to see what's going on? Maybe the thought process and belief systems you had are no longer serving you, and you let that program in your mind run along too long like I did, and you, it's time for an upgrade. Mm-hmm. The Cultural Sundays is a great way for your wife and your son and you to upgrade your map of the world. Absolutely. And just kind of, like, okay, well maybe th- maybe my perception of this thing wasn't totally correct because maybe I didn't have all the information. Right. You know, that's the benefit of coming to New York. People move here and then realize how different it is and then get scared and immediately find a group. They immediately find a group to latch on to, whether it's mm-hmm. Henzo Gracie or, you know, fucking CrossFit, CrossFit or, or uh, Soul Cycle. Soul Cycle, whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, serious. I, I mean, mean yeah, it's, yeah. it gets it's a real group. clicking. They're a real group. I mean, you know, they may have a marketing team and things like that, but they, <laughs> mm-hmm. they're a group of people that live and die by the ideologies that they uh, present. 
And just because they're owned by Equinox doesn't mean that it doesn't bring people together. You know, it may not be, you may not like the way it happens, but it's it's happening. So I think to be in tune, the thing is about those uh, group fitness classes and such is that it takes you away from your suffering, your internal suffering. Because after that, like I talked about, I think the last time, after that class is done, your that dialogue goes back on again. You know, you know, and that's yeah. why people can't sleep at nights because they haven't addressed all these things. And then it's like, oh, what about this? Like my mind does this. So I'll take a pill for that. I'll go to sleep. I don't have to listen to that dialogue so much. And mm. then the issues still remain, but at least I don't have to listen to it. Just because you turn down the volume for a little while doesn't mean that they go away. Mm. And that's that's where uncomfortableness really comes from. It really comes from that dialogue you haven't been listening to as to why you value these things. Why do you want to change these things? Not necessarily the Yeah, I think the why. Uh, and then it can lead to what, you know, define your criteria and then you can define what makes that criteria and why, what the meaning is. When we're talking about association and how uh, we, we have these, you know, the meaning behind the action, if I tapped you on the shoulder, what does that mean to you? How do we define our meaning for what's happening and, and what in our experience? That's way more important is because that's how we remember things. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that same client I was talking to today, she really didn't want to get measured right she really didn't want to get measured and shit i never brought it up but she was like adamant about that as a but i was like so what exactly about i asked her what exactly about the measuring did you you know did not like and she was like well i I just don't like it it's just not a fun experience for me Mm -hmm. i said that's interesting because you did mention that you wanted to get things a little looser on you know your clothing and stuff like that and you said well i think if we focus on this that'll just happen Mm -hmm. which of course is not how that works (laughs) but but you have to understand her mapping, like how yeah. her framework is. If she's uncomfortable, to, then let it go. You have, huh? to, you have to be, especially since I didn't even bring it up. It's a weird situation where you have to address it, but you can't be direct about it. Right. So I thought, well, okay, how can you, know, you being lighter, not getting measured, affect your performance? Because let's, let's keep focus on the performance here. Hmm. It, she immediately was turned off by that notion as well. So the meaning of her getting measured to her is negative because she believes it won't go down. Right. Regardless of what her output is, regardless of her changing her behavior, her belief is the weight will not go down. And that's the distinction she had. She was too afraid to get into because it was so painful for her that she knew that she didn't have the, the ability at the time to deal with her coping mechanisms, to be feel empowered, to, to act and change her behavior and her thought process enough about her behavior to actually get what she's looking for in hmm. that way. So right. it's about listening to people's criteria that way and, and then changing how they associate to those things. How would you say, you know, what we've been discussing with um, changing one's um framework or belief systems belief system Mm -hmm. how would you know if a client is even ready like for instance they're going to be i'm sure there are individuals that may not even be ready Mm -hmm. to get this uh this deep or real you know the the truth is a lot of people want to scratch on the surface and stuff so right to behavior right right to behavior so do you have a criteria in terms of when you know all right this person Mm -hmm. is ready 
I mean, yes, I do. Um, I learned it from raising my daughter. If she, if you're old enough to ask, you're old enough uh, to find out. <laughs> that's what I. That's a cool. One. That's what I like. That's what, that's mm-hmm. that's what was served me well. Daddy, nice. where does babies come from? Well, have a seat. We're gonna figure <laughs> it out. This is gonna be, and then make it. And how you deliver it has to be according to that criteria. I'm not gonna tell like, well, mommy and daddy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> had a couple of beers. <laughs> that's not how I'm gonna describe that to right, right. my daughter. Right. I'm gonna be like, well, remember when we talked about cells? Yeah, there you go. Broke remember when we talked about cells? Well, the cells from mommy, right, and the cells from daddy, combined together. And they made you. Isn't that mm. crazy? That's that's amazing. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, but how? Well, see, we have these, you know, these these organs here that that store uh, chemicals, and then your mom has chemicals as well, and those chemicals are called this, and these chemicals are called that, and they mix together, and over a period of time, uh, uh, life forms. And so, there's nothing sexual about what I no, said. No, no, you got. I wish I could. Record this with some of it my is parents. Recording. Yeah, no, well, I'm gonna send this to my parents. Some of my parents, because we, oh some of my, um, some of my patients had teenage or adolescent, twelve right. year old, thirteen. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, my son just said he ha- he wants to have the conversation, and I was like, what do you mean? He's yeah, like, and then the nine year old son, so like, mom, he wants to talk about puberty, but I could tell him about it. You know, so so, so the twelve year old's like, this is inappropriate. Right. You don't you don't know what you're talking about, mom. We should have the talk in about two weeks. Okay. And uh, the mother was like, well, what do you know? Mm-hmm. She was like, well, I, I I know enough, but right. I'm not ready to have this conversation. In two weeks, we'll have this. So right, anyway, right, hearing right. these kids, and I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. I'm looking at my son. I'm like, how is this going to go down? I mean, it's going to, uh, whatever. Dude, was, it's going to be easy. Yeah, YouTube yeah. is going to download to his brain. Show <laughs> <laughs> up in his eye. You know, it's like, going to show him this is how you were created. This is how you were created. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, and it's going to be so, you know, whatever. But, I think the way that we describe it to our kids is based on that, and our clients how we how we know that they're ready for a change, right? Is uh, whether or not they're they're asking for one. There you go. When they ask you for a change, like you know what, man, like I'm losing all this weight, but um, I'm not really happy with this. You ask, well, ask them again. Ask them, you know, what about this? Do you dislike? Because when you get specific about that, you take the generalization. Like my client earlier today that I'm describing, it's very general. I can't mm. do anything with this information. Right. I don't like it. <laughs> All right, what what do you dislike about this? I don't know, <laughs> but uh, I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> it's like, what, what about this don't you like? Ah, questions. Right. You know, right. so they're like, okay. You don't like questions? No, I like questions. I just don't like these questions. What about these questions? You just kind of lead them. Right, lead them to the way. Lead Oof. them to where, you know, you can get more information about what they don't like. But you got to do it in a way that's smooth. Yes. You just got to be like, you know, just have the best interest at heart. You got to really listen. So I'm just trying to navigate them to where they want to be. It may not, they may not get there the way they think that they're going to get there. Hard work, like the you know the biggest loser, just kind of like stick them on a treadmill until they die, and then give them like twelve hundred, thirteen hundred calorie diet, and hope for the you know just kind of like torture them on TV and make them cry. And mm-hmm. Their blood sugar's low, and you know they're all you know erratic, and their brain's not working great. But anyway, yeah, that's great TV though. Um, it is. That's just, that's just not how you really change people's behavior. You change people's behavior by aligning yourself. Um, 
and understanding, aligning yourself with them and understanding where they're coming from. That's the only way that you're going to really make a profound impact on anyone's life is if you listen and you speak to them in a way that's respectful, especially respectful to the map of the world and how mm-hmm. they view their reality because mm-hmm. that's the only reality at that point they in this have. specific criteria, in this context, that matters. Mm-hmm. Correct, correct. Very very well said. Yeah. Communicated crystal clear, as I said on the last podcast. Oh, I mean, um, pretty po- not pretty powerful, very powerful stuff. Thank you. Uh, I hope I was able to add on to uh, the stuff that we oh, talked about. You, yeah. I think we got to label this one communication. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're going to label. Let's sleep on the labels. Yeah, Forget on. about the labels. But um, anything you might want to add. We're, we're going to wrap up in a little while, but I yeah. want to know... Um, you know, I was asking when people are ready for change, but mm-hmm. is there any kind of parting? I mean, you, parting words. Parting words to the audience here, in terms of. Uh, please, well, please bring me hot chocolate from Italy. They, <laughs> <laughs> Two shots of espresso. Oh, that's a good little mocha, and they do it really well. Oh, I mean, it's like a melted chocolate bar. Yeah, man, that is real. Only uh, twelve thousand calories, but you know, <laughs> it's all right. I think we you probably burned them out a couple hours ago. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> I might have to go back to the gym to be honest with you. I might have to go back and do some more work. But um, um, some parting words would, I guess, uh, remain flexible on your approach, on your road, no matter what destination you have in front of you. Whatever your destination is, you want to remain flexible towards wherever you're going because you might be saying no to some things that uh, might be an improvement on what you actually want. Sometimes we say no to things because they're not the exact thing that we want or the the exact way that we thought we were going to get it. And I think that's really powerful is to be able to see the value in something that might be worth more than what you're asking for. So um, just to be, uh, in order to be in that place, I think you need to be more grateful for what you have and for your experiences. All of your experiences that you've ever had were uh, there to teach you something. Every, every, you know, rocky place that I've ever been to, and it's not to say I'm not going, I'm not this, like, guru that never has a bad day and shit. It's, it's <laughs> like, it, you, you constantly work on what you need to work on for yourself so that you can be the best version of yourself for the people that need you the most. It's, it, that's as simple. For me, it, that's what really motivates me to bring it every session. I don't do, I don't do packages right now for that moment for that reason because I want to be in the moment and I want to be present with my clients every session I want to earn it every single time because I expect them to earn it every single time and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the future of my industry goes I know I'm going in a particular direction that's a little different and uh, I have much love and respect for everyone that dedicates themselves to to fitness and physical therapy and really puts the time in to listen to podcasts like this one to advance their skills because they care about their skill set they care about their clientele and they care about they care about building their business not because of the cash because ain't nobody in this business for the super quick millions of dollars that you're gonna get from being a personal (laughs) trainer you're in it because you want to make an impact in some way and if you want to make an impact just listen 
you know, and the, the, the quality of uh, your message will be determined by how well it's received. And the only way to understand how well it was received is if you listen. Well said. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. Yeah, thank you. Inspiring speech, talks, informative, and straight from the heart. Thanks, thank man. you. Thank I really you. appreciate it. I really it, appreciate brother. you guys having me on. Thank yeah, you man. so much well, for listening you. to me rabble for like no, minutes. No, it was great. No. Part three, listen up sometime yeah. in fall. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a trilogy here. Oh. Uh, well, signing off. All right. Thank you for listening. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to A Few Good Physios. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Follow us each week while we interview guests and have clinical commentary. 